0: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio,
1: 630
0: Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you, along with John Bruins, who's engineering for us in Calgary at the Saddle Dome. Battle of Alberta starts tonight. It's an awesome thing. Just watching the video. and They're going to play it house here. And it's all of guys squaring off in fights. So you know what? If they're, gonna, if they're willing to do that, we're going to have some fun as well here a little bit later on today. Uh, again, uh, keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. But at this time, we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Our NHL insider is John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. And so... It begins.
1: Hello, John. How you doing? Hey, Bob. Holy smokes. A three-hour show today, and then the game. You're the hardest-working man in radio.
0: That's the myth. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but uh, <laughs> I, I consider it. John, you know, this it's a privilege. You know that. I mean, it's, it's a kicker. It's uh, awesome just to be here.
1: I was going to say, they don't pay, so you might as well just enjoy
0: it. So. quit. You know what? I don't want anybody knowing. What was the old joke? Don't tell anybody what I'm making. I'm too embarrassed. <laughs> Ooh, which NHL player? I'm trying to think. Or was it an NHL coach that said that one time? What? I think it was a coach. I think it was a
1: coach. So
0: yeah. All right. Uh well, put on your analyst hat. What do you got here? And well, I mean, obviously, we'll get you to to tell some stories a little bit later on your fondest memories of the Battle of Alberta, but how do you see this one shaken down between the Oilers and the Flames?
1: Well, I you know, I think if you look at uh what Dallas did to the Flames, uh a lot of that uh Pushing them to the outside occurred with with the blue line and the defenseman, and I'm not for one second suggesting that that's possible with the Oilers because you know I I like the Dallas defense a little bit more than I like the Oiler defense, but that's where it's going to be. And if they can uh, they can control that big line uh, and push the rest of the guys to the outside, uh, then I you know it's the Mike Smith versus Jacob Markstrom battle. Whoever wins that's got a chance. Uh, There's Connor McDavid. There's nobody in the Calgary Flames that is as good as Connor McDavid, so that gives an advantage to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Question marks on a few injuries. Obviously, Leon Dreisaitl at the top of that list. So to me, in the end, it's two guys, Michael Backlund and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And whoever becomes the more proficient guy uh, through the series, between Nugent Hopkins and Backlund, I suggest will win the series.
0: Well, and it's interesting because RH in his career against Calgary has got 40 points in 48 games, but Backlund's been really good against Edmonton, 41 points in 55 games, and strong two way performance, and often against Connor McDavid. How do you think the complexion changes, given that we know that Leon's unlikely probably to see a lot of time at center? And they're basically deploying Hyman and Evander Kane as a tandem and then rotating the centers through and making it a little bit difficult to predict when you're going to see McDavid when, and with who out on the ice.
1: You see, I I actually, in in some sort of backhanded way, um, taking advantage of Leon's injury is something that the Oilers, I think, did very well in game seven uh, against L.A. And I think that that really became a factor in when you put Leon and, you know, Leon's, you know, you can call it a lower body injury. I can call it a leg injury. Leon's leg injury really doesn't affect his passing. And so when you can still take advantage of Leon's passing in a lot of scenarios with Connor as the centerman, that's still a tremendous advantage for the Oilers. Um, you know Yamamoto and Kane, um, Hyman. All three of those guys are going to be factors, whoever they, who, how and when they play with Connor. So I, I, I don't see the dry sidle injury near as debilitating to the Oilers' offense as a lot of people do. I, I, I think that he's going to be a factor somehow, but the, his ability to use his stick, his vision of the ice, I think, are still very much positive for Edmonton.
0: We're joined by John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling, Bob Stoffer at the Saddle Dome in Calgary. The Oilers and the Flames game one in the Battle of Alberta. Now, the Battle of Alberta in large part, I think, was sparked in the regular season by Matthew Kachuk. It's got to be stated. Uh, it was a border skirmish for a while, but it certainly picked up during the 18-19, uh, and it started here. You know, it's funny, and people don't remember this, but you're on air, John, right now with a guy who's got a memory like an elephant. You know that. Uh, mm-hmm. and Matthew Kitchuk's first NHL game was in Edmonton. It was when the Oilers opened up Rogers' place, and the Oilers had a thing set up with Mark Messier and Wayne Gretzky, and the Flames came on the ice and kind of interrupted that a little bit. And I, I remember, and I, I was a little bit surprised by that. Uh, but anyways, during the game, there was a play behind the goal, but behind the Oiler goal, it would have been in the second period, and Matthew Kachuk slew-footed Brandon Davidson, and I know Davidson challenged him to a fight. You know this later in the season, and Kachuk didn't want to fight him. But he has—he personally, for me, and I think for a lot of Oiler fans—and it's—it's hard to ignore how good of a player he is because he scored 40 goals and had 100 points and he started taking on more comers when he took Cassian on finally in uh, January of 2020. But he p- personifies, in many respects for me, the rebirth of the Battle of Alberta. I'd like to get your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're probably right that way. Uh, the, the one thing I would say is that a, a lot of the success of the Flames in this series will be how how controlled Matthew Kachuk is. To me, that's a big part of if he can play within himself and not get too emotionally involved in the events, uh, because the more out-of-control Chuck plays, I think the better it is for the Oilers, whether it's taking silly penalties and putting the Oilers' power play on the attack or just playing out of control, which, forces, which allows the Oilers to be uh, probably a little more physical and then probably a little more effective in transition so i i I think that as a barometer i think you're you're bang on and i think that he will become that focal point again but to me the the meeting that daryl sutter probably had with him two days ago yesterday and probably had another one today was so much of what we want you to do matthew is play to the edge but don't cross the line and that's what's important for him and for the flames
0: John, will we ever see hockey like we saw between these two teams in the 1980s? Will we ever get back to that place? Are the players just too completely different? The rules are too complete. Society's too different. You can't just, you know, like, I'll, I'll tell you, like and, and John, I know you've experienced this as well. But if you were at a bar, and, you know, I was 18 in 1984, so let's just work on the context of that. If you had a problem... In a bar in Edmonton in the mid-1980s, you went outside and settled it, and 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 if you knocked the guy down, you picked him back up and often went in and had a drink, and if he knocked you on your ass, which usually was the case when I was going, I was usually the guy losing, uh, you know, often those guys, hey, you want to go in for a drink now, buddy? we're just in a different time or are like will, will anything come close to the bitterness and the nastiness and the ugliness and the sheer beauty of what we had from 1983 to 1991 between these two teams in those playoff series in the battle of alberta
1: no it's not physically possible anymore you know the, the society has changed and the game has changed you know i mean the, the, the amount of water skiing that occurred in all of five series of the Battle of Alberta now would be penalties going out you know, of, of every orifice of your body. It just would not happen. It cannot happen. Uh, that's not to say it won't get physical. It will get physical. Uh, but you know we're, we're, we're just not going to see the level of violence, that you're talking about, that they're playing on the scoreboard at the Saddle Dome right now, you're not going to see the level of violence, but there will be the intensity, Bob. Uh, the fans will create a lot of the intensity. The cities will do that, but the players will too. There will be enough intensity, and I, I think that I, I think that by the time this series is over, uh, we're we're going to talk about this series um, like we do '91. Like we did '86, and we like we did the seven-game forgotten series of '84.
0: All right, uh, you worked on a, I think every series, but the 1991 series. Do you have a couple standout memories?
1: Two goals, uh, one for each team. A f- a Good Friday in April of 1984, Game Six, Lanny McDonald uh, coming down the uh, the right side at the Saddledome, a slap shot in overtime. Uh, that broke Grant Fuhr's goal stick blade right in half and went in the net, and then the, the Wayne's goal uh, in '88, uh, which was the last time that he participated in the Battle of Alberta, uh, the overtime goal that uh, won the game uh, against Mike Vernon again in the Saddledome. Those are the two. Uh, those are the two goals that I remember. And then I, I don't think you can't not talk about '86 uh, in my liking for the sheer and utter event that was Game 7 in 86 in the Smythe Division Final uh, when Lanning Donald was first credited, Perry the Bears and ended up being credited with the uh, the winning goal and Steve Smith's mistake off of Grant Fierce's pad. Yeah. Uh, any
0: humorous, antidotal stories for you along the way? Now, did you guys used to drive back and forth or did you fly back and forth in those Hockey Night in Canada wow. days?
1: Uh, We did both. Uh, The last last couple we did, uh, we rented a Winnebago and and drove back and forth, and then we could leave when we wanted to. Uh, The one thing I will tell you, the 84 series, um, we were sitting outside the Saddledome before the game started, before game six started, uh, and Cliff Fletcher walked up to me and he says, John, if, if the Flames win, we're taking the whole Hockey Night in Canada clan out for dinner in Edmonton at Oliver's. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I mean, we didn't, we, you know, Cliff was wanted to be a little little exaggerous at times. (laughs) So they they do win the game. Um, And there we go. We get invited to dinner with all the uh, Flames Brass, Hockey Night in Canada, the Flames Brass at Oliver's in Edmonton. And we walk in with Cliff Fletcher, Al McNeil, uh, whoever's with the the group, and who's sitting at his regular table? Glenn Sather. Uh, uh, no, Wayne. Wayne Uh-oh. is sitting at his regular table <laughs> with with uh, with some mutual friends, <laughs> and and all the hockey night in Canada guys are with the Calgary Flames. So uh, that one. The other one was uh, in, in the '86 series. Uh, as a total aside. Um, Bob Johnson was the coach of the Calgary Flames at the time. If there was anything anybody who was an antithesis of Sather, it was Bob Johnson. Uh, and every day of the game day in Edmonton, uh, Bob took his two assistant coaches and walked to Henry Singer's and bought new ties every game day in, in Edmonton. So, I mean, they were trying every which way Superstitious or, or tactically, to find a way to beat the Edmonton Oilers. Now, did Wayne pick up the top for you guys? <laughs> no, there was about forty-five at the oh, table, okay. so I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think so. But I, could, I remember walking in the restaurant and and, and Gary Darhoff turning to me saying, "Wayne's sitting right there," and I said, "Well, maybe he won't notice this." <laughs> well, he noticed, <laughs> so that was. Uh, that was when you were, Bob, that was at a time when you'd walk down Jasper Avenue and with with all your Hawks tonight cronies and they'd yell at you saying you were cheering for the Flames and you're doing everything for the Flames. And then you'd walk down Fourth Avenue in Calgary and everybody would say you're cheering for the Oilers and doing everything for the Oilers. And then you'd turn to everybody and say, yes, we must be doing something right because everybody hates us.
0: Well, Craig Simpson hears that every time he works the Leafs game, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, that's different because the Leafs just hate everyone. So,
0: Do they? Uh, just That's where we're going to follow up. It's been a couple days. Were you surprised at all? Uh, you know, it looks like the Shanna plan is going to continue.
1: Yeah, I think they're too deep. I, I don't think that they can afford to make any big changes. Uh, and I, But I do think the impetus uh, from a few people will say uh, there has to be some lineup changes. There has to be roster. The one thing that I think we learned yesterday was um, – even the best of the Leaf insiders could not predict who the starting goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs is for opening day in October of 2022. Because I don't think Jack Campbell's the guy, and they have to go out and find a goaltender, and I don't know where they're going to get the money.
0: John, great stuff. Appreciate the time. We'll talk uh, Wednesday next week. It
1: is a Best, what, best of Oilers now on about, Monday. Yep. I, well, uh, that's an oxymoron. Um, the, the, uh, I'm jealous. I wish I was there. It is going to be a lot of fun in both arenas. I really enjoy it, Bob.
0: They could use a new arena here, by the way. I'm just saying.
1: Well, maybe this will be the impetus. You never know, because as soon as the mayor of Calgary shows up at at, at Rogers Place...
0: Something might happen. There you go. That's our uh, NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. David Staples, Call to Hockey, coming up at 205. When we come back in Oilers now, we'll get into some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. 150, you're listening to Oilers now. Both sides when we've when we've played each other in the regular season, you know we've seen low, low scoring tight checking games and obviously the last time we were in here it was a nine five gong show pretty much. So uh, um, you know obviously uh, obviously we uh, we want to be a checking team and, and obviously that's the that's the that's the, the, the brand that they want to play as well, so you know. Kind of depends. I mean, I think you'll see low-scoring nights, and you know, maybe some nights there's there's a couple more goals, but I would expect it to be a pretty tight checking series. There you go. That's Connor McDavid with the KC and the Sunshine Band bed in the background. You know, there was a remake of, uh, what was that song? Uh dun 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 um, something boogie with Ron Dugay and Gila Fleur back in the day. I'm getting old. Uh, Uncle Milt uh, was telling me the other day that around 20 years ago, a customer told him, a good salesman will sell me one truck. A good service department will keep me coming back. Well, that customer's family have purchased more than 50 units from Brent Ridge Ford out on Letasquan where cars cost less. That same service department is one of the reasons that Brent Ridge just re- uh, received their 11th President's Award from Ford for customer satisfaction. If you need a maintenance or repairs in your vehicle, call Kevin, Margie, or Mike at 1-877-477-FORD. That's one 877 477 Seventy-three. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. It is currently 155 at Edmonton, still to come. We're going to go an extra hour today and on Friday on game days in round number two. Uh, when the Edmonton Oilers take on uh, the Calgary Flames and the Battle of Alberta, it should be a kicker. All right, let's get to it. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, are the Oilers doing a boys in the bus kind of thing this year? Uh not like, are you referring to sort of a documentary, Boys in the Bus? Um, well, not necessarily this year. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Uh, Bob, which players do you think Dylan Holloway has a good chance of replacing for a game or two? That one comes to us from Justin. Well, Dylan Holloway is on the ice. He has skated. Holloway uh, was very good in the playoffs for the Bakersfield Condors. Picked up two goals and four points uh, in the playoffs in the, the five games that he played. I do think there's an outside chance that Dylan Holloway could get into the Edmonton Oilers lineup because uh, he'd give them more speed on the left side. Currently, the left wings for Edmonton are Leon Dreisidel, Evander Kane. He's not going to play ahead of those two guys. Josh Archibald and, yes, sapoli I guess depending upon what you do in right wing, Maybe you could see Archibald uh, and Fogle would get the first opportunity to play before Holloway. But never say never. And he's played almost exclusively left wing. Um, and Nil says, Bob, do you think Calgary will try and win one nothing games against the Oilers? Or will they be forced to try and outscore Edmonton? Uh, I think Calgary is quite comfortable playing. You know, what's Daryl Sutter's famous line? It's a 3-2 league. I think they're quite comfortable playing a 3-2, 2-1 game. Uh, that worked, I think, to Dallas' advantage in the last series because Dallas played more one-goal games than any team in the National Hockey League. Edmonton is built differently. They have a different type of squad. I do think it's important. Uh, I think the pressure is on. Calgary is the favorite. Calgary's playing at home. Oilers got to find a way to get a split to start this series. I don't think there's any question about that. All right. We are going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Again, we are going to go an extra hour. We're going to go until 3 o'clock still to come on today's show. More of your text. We'll get a little bit more audio in from Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft, uh, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, and the Hall of Famer Kevin Lowe coming up. A little bit more talk in the Battle of Alberta. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell.